Good morning. This is our sermon for Sunday, March the 5th, the second Sunday in Lent. Our reading this morning included a reading from the Gospel of St. Matthew and the encounter of Jesus with the Canaanite woman who had a daughter grievously vexed by possession by the devil. And the story of Jesus interacting with her as a Gentile and healing her daughter because of his compassion is another illustration of what happened when Jesus walked on the earth, when God became a man and dwelt among us. And I don't know if any of you remember, there was a very popular song back in 1995 by a good singer, Joan Osborne, who's a pop singer, blues singer. And it had, had this uh, verse to it. If God had a name, what would it be? And would you call it to his face? If you were faced with him in all his glory, what would you ask if you had just one question? Yeah, God is great. God is good. Yeah, what if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home? Susan and I were traveling to South Carolina recently and drove down and back uh, about 32 hours in the car altogether. And uh, we managed all that traveling together without too much uh, friction or or conflict uh, and had fun, listened to a lot of music. And we listened to this song, What If God Was One of Us? Uh, and it's a good song. I like it. Uh, it was popular when it came out. Used to get a lot of airplay even from uh, Rush Limbaugh, who thought it was a good example of how pop music occasionally uh, stumbles into something substantial. But I listened to it and I thought, well, yeah, but wait, he was one of us. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the, the beginning with God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So he was one of us. He did become one of us. He did live with us. He did humble himself, empty himself, as the scripture says, to be a man and to lay aside his divine status and privilege, at least uh, in some mystical fashion, uh, to be one of us. So we don't have to wonder what if God was one of us. We know what happened. He dwelt among us. He served us. He saved us. And only because he became one of us could he save us. Romans 3.26 says, it was to show his righteousness at the present time, meaning in Paul's time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. The book of Hebrews talks 
a lot about this in several beautiful passages. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 2.18 says, Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He, he knows what it's like to be one of us. Hebrews 5.2, he is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and misguided since he himself is beset by weakness. He knows what it's like to be surrounded by weak people, wicked people, to be let down by his friends and supporters. Hebrews 2.17 says, For this reason, to save us, that is, he had to be made like his brothers in every way, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God in order to make atonement for the sins of the people. Scripture says in Romans 8.3, For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of a sinful man, in the likeness of a sinful man, not as a sinful man, as an offering for sin. Thus, he condemned sin in the flesh. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So, yes, God was at one time on the earth, one of us. He's now in heaven preparing a place for us. He says in the gospel, I would have told you if that was not true. I would have told you if there was not uh, a place for you in the mansions of heaven. I'm going to prepare it for you. God provided the remedy for our sinfulness himself. He acted. God provided perfect justice and perfect remission. Remission of sin is, is wonderful and a better word than a lot of the modern confessions that talk about forgiveness of sin. Yeah, it's great to have your sins forgiven. Isn't it even better to have them remitted, taken away, swept away, wiped off the ledger? So, you know, what did Jesus do for us? Can you ask a, a child that question? Many children will say, well, Jesus died for me on the cross. And certainly that is true. He did. But he did more than that. If, if all it took was for him to die on the cross, uh, as R.C. Sproul often used to say, then all he had to do was come down to earth as a grown man, be executed, and return to heaven. He didn't do that. He lived for us. He was born of a woman, grew up as a child, experienced everything that our lives involves. And yes, he did become, and he was, and he is one of us. 
take great confidence and assurance in that. Amen.